0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Small Town Nerdcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy, and today got, I want to say, a pretty... Oh, not heavy episode, but there's a lot to it this week. And surprisingly, I've had some things that, oh, that I just wanted to talk about this week. Last week, and also, I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week. I think last week, feeling kind of sick. So, of course, when you're not feeling great, don't really want to talk all that much. But uh, this week, feeling a lot better. So, yay! I got some nifty nerd news and maybe an interesting fact that you didn't know about an urban legend that you may have not known was an urban legend (laughs) and then we're going to talk about some spider-man because finally nick spencer's run has got to what i believe is the whole point of this run this like i know in an interview we've said that his craven the hunter story was the reason like the pitch that he gave to get the run of amazing spider-man back in 2018 But where he's here in the story in 2020, 2020, I feel like this is what everything was truly building to. And I mean, you when you read, oops, sorry, hit the mic. When you read this comic, this this run on Amazing Spider-Man from Nick Spencer, he's laying the breadcrumbs. Very, and when I say laying the breadcrumbs, I mean he's slapping you in the face with a fucking loaf of bread, kind of breadcrumbs. And finally, all the dividends pay off, and um these issues issues 44 through 57 and i I, it was so big i had to write notes on it that way i could remember a lot of it because i mean we're covering a lot of issues here uh 44 through 57 is like well like 13 issues and plus within the second half the 50 through 57 issues there are side stories that are a part of the main storyline like like 50, 50.1, 51, 51.1, 50, 52, 52.1. So it's kind of like that, but it all works out in the end, man. I'm going to really shorten down the story though, so you guys can kind of get a, a feel on it. Uh, but before we get into the review of The Amazing Spider-Man, let's talk about some of the nifty nerd news that I had for you guys this week. Mainly, number f- one on my list of things to talk about was Netflix, because of course, Netflix is kind of not everyone's best friend right now and that they're starting soon to roll out their um, crackdown on password sharing well let's face it how many of us truly own our netflix accounts i mean or maybe not us in particularly who don't own it but we either i I don't know anyone who is not at least if they are not getting it from someone else they are sharing it with another friend and i can't tell you uh uh-oh (laughs) <laughs> how many uh, people i have heard of not me included because i would never do anything like that netflix <laughs> i had to stop myself there but yeah i mean let's be honest man like my netflix my hulu disney crunchyroll paramount peacock like pretty much every streaming service that i have and then like even between me and my wife with other like i think we have youtube premium and spotify premium like we have a bunch of streaming stuff that we pay for but like either it's between me and my wife who are sharing but we're in the same household so that doesn't really count from netflix point of view but like family members friends like we all share these things because one that's what the good lord wanted is share with thy neighbor and why would netflix be the devil <laughs> i'm saying it netflix hates god because god wants us to share with everyone and netflix says no be evil be money hungry which is really what they are and like let's face it like let's be honest with you a lot of the people who may delete netflix or discontinue their account they'll be back it's just like that uh what from uh (laughs) alexander hamilton hamilton They'll be back. (laughs) Because let's face it, I mean, there's a lot of good content on Netflix now. And, you know, for a point there, I I was really contemplating getting rid of Netflix because I thought, like, what am I watching on Netflix? And then I remember my wife is addicted to K-drama. There's actually a couple of anime on there that I cannot get on Crunchyroll that I'm really enjoying. So it's, it's somehow wiggled its way into my life and it like i don't know man it's frustrating but at the same time like i get what netflix is trying to do they're trying to you know increase profits and they're thinking getting rid of these people who are not contributing to their financial success or their goals or whatever you want to call it uh, they they quote unquote say they're trying to nudge them to doing the right thing well like getting their own netflix accounts and stuff but i honestly think the people who are doing it for free, we're probably only doing it because it was free. Uh, you may get a few people, but you, you're gonna I, like. I, I honestly feel like there's gonna be no change here. Like, you're not gonna see a huge increase in number. You're not gonna see a huge decrease in number. What you're just gonna see is maybe less tele, maybe maybe less TVs, or maybe people are just gonna start moving in with each other so that way they can get around. Because let's be honest, humans in their quest to do anything for cheaper or less. We'll go to extreme lengths. I mean, that's why I'm married. So that way we could just keep our Netflix and not have to <laughs> like, oh, the, the marriage rate in the United States has skyrocketed after Netflix's uh, password sharing uh, programs have gone into effect. <laughs> anyway, moving on from one evil corporation to the next, AMC has released their uh, premium ticket layout. So that way you can see it and judge it and be upset by it but it looks like the um the plan here for amc theaters is to make everything that's in the middle like not just the middle rows but middle columns too so like this square dead center in the middle of their theater will be the preferred what they're calling sight lines so basically it's easier to see the movie from these seats and stuff like that honestly when i think about where i like to sit in theaters due to covid and you know other pandemic and sicknesses i typically now sit closer to the outsides like never in the middle because i don't want to be surrounded so i'm always looking for like aisle seats and things like that try you know keep one area open kind of thing so <clears throat> if i was going by my standards i still would be in the standard sight line which means i pay a regular price preferred sight line is going to be two dollars extra based on this information and the value sight line meaning the less the sucky seats <coughs> excuse me which based on this image that I've, I've looked at is just the front row because it's closest to the screen i think it should be the like i don't know when you go into a theater they have like this open row that you can walk across and get to the other side and then there's seats to the left of you that are depending on what side you know there's seats that are divided up closer to the the screen i feel like all those seats should be the value sight line because even when you're the furthest back in the up front row you're still really freaking close like lean back in your chair staring up and it sucks your neck's gonna like they should be paying for my medical bills like they with every ticket to to an amc up front value sight line sight line seating you should get a free chiropractic appointment like that's what they should do (laughs) that would be more valuable than just two dollars off because the pain involved i wonder if i could somehow get movies written off on my medical (laughs) for these reasons but like i get what they're doing and like i just don't agree with it man but at the same time like I mean, I've felt that. I, like, I've felt that struggle in a theater. Like, some seats are better than others, and having these preferred seating is, you know, like, what you want. But, like, that's typically how you get around it is with how they normally do it now is you get to pick your seats. It wasn't—it's not general admission like it used to be back in my day. Like, when I was in high school and even younger— well, definitely younger, but, like, when I was in high school, I guess I'm my oldest, then when I can re- remember going to theaters a lot— we, it was just general admission, man. You just bought your ticket, and it was first come, first serve into the theater. And, I mean, I was in, a, like, my small town's theater back then. It was not like the theaters of your of today, uh, where it's a super massive screen. I mean, it was a large screen, but, like, the front row was far enough back where it wasn't, like, freaking murder on your neck. Now it's like they cram as close as possible nowadays, and it sucks. Like, so... I thought getting allowing people to choose their seats, so making it a first-come, first-served thing was a great idea and it helped, you know, still kind of keep prices fair and people happy because if you really wanted a movie, you just schedule what movie you wanted to see well in advance when, you know, finally no one was sitting in the seat that you wanted. Now I feel like those middle seats are going to be not taken as quickly. I feel like you're going to get like still the middle section, but the outside columns, which are not preferred seating, which are still standard, but they're just far enough to not be in the center of the movie screen. Like Those are going to go first, I feel like. just Those rows are going to, or aisles, or whatever the hell you want to call the up, like the vertical, <laughs> the vertical portion of it. We'll have to see, man. AMC's trying something new and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Moving on to less uh, frustrating news. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. I guess maybe the sickness is not all the way out of my system. Viola Davis has earned her ERCOT. And if you don't know, or ERGOT, sorry, ERCOT is a park in Disney World. <laughs> Our Epcot is. ERCOT is the warm, is the electricity thing in Texas. <laughs> sorry. I am Malka. ERGOT stands for Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Viola Davis becomes the most recent person with her 2023, this year, Grammy to have completed an EGOT status. Did I say ERGOT again? I meant EGOT, Uh, which is kind of a big deal, man. Uh, It puts her in a class among very few people, 18 people to be exact, who have uh, won EGOTs. Now, along with that list, there's another five people who have gotten non-competitive EGOTs, so meaning they've, you know, they've won some of these awards, but some of them, to get them the EGOT status, were non-competitive awards, like maybe a a special Tony, a Lifetime Achievement, like those kind of things, and uh, that's how the list gets a little bit bigger from 18 to 19, 20, 21 to 23 people. But there's some, I mean, I'll, I'll list you off the name. Some of these people, I, I don't even know. But you have Richard Rogers, who completed his in 1962. Helen Hayes in 77. Rita Moreno, who completed hers in 77. John Gil, gilgood who completed his in 91. Audrey Hepburn, who I, I, I've seen pictures of <laughs> in 1994. Marvin Hamlish in 95. Jonathan Tunick in 97. Mel Brooks got his in 2001. I'm a fan of his movies. Uh, Mike Nichols in 2001. Whoopi Goldberg got hers in 2002. Scott Rudin in 12. In 2012. Robert Lopez 2014. Andrew Lloyd Weber in 2018. Tim Rice in 2018. John Legend got his in 2018. Alan Menken 2020, Jennifer Hudson got one in 2022, and Viola Davis in 2023. The non-competitive ones has uh, quite a few more names that you might know. Barbara Streisand, who completed hers in 1970. Uh, Lisa Minnelli, who got hers in 1990. James Earl Jones in 2011. Harry Belafonte, who got his in 2014. And Quincy Jones, who got his in 2016. Got his EGOT status in there. And it ranges from a whole bunch of people, from actors to singers, directors, composers. There's a lot of composers on here. But I guess that makes sense, you know, because composers make music for movies, films, songs. So, I mean, they they really have, I, I would think, after thinking about that, composers... Honestly have the highest chance to getting EGOTs because what they do can be put in so many of these uh, Award categories, you know, so it kind of gives them almost an unfair advantage But you have quite a bit of actors and actresses on this list as well. So it's a pretty cool thing man and Over if you go over to Wikipedia, you can look at all this and you can see uh, the age of completion Um, Let's see who's the youngest here? Well, oh, the oldest, man, might be Mel Brooks. Let's see when... No, he was 74. Not even the oldest. 87 for John Geluge, who was an actor-director. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. I think 87 is the oldest on here. Good for him. But who is the youngest? That is the question. 40-year-old. Uh, Jennifer Hudson was 40 when she got her EGOT, and that might put her at the youngest. It does. That's pretty cool, pretty interesting. They even keep track of like how long it took from their first award to their last award. Some were only 10 years. Uh, that was Robert Lopez, a composer who got his EGOT. His first award was in 2004, and his last award was in 2014. You have some that span a long-ass time, uh, 45 years here for Helen Hayes got her first award in 32, 1932 and her last award in 1977. And she was 76 years old when she got it. I don't know. I just found that kind of interesting. I thought that was really cool. Oh, uh, Barbara Streisand actually has a shorter year span be- for the non-competitive E-Guide. Only six years it took her to get it. But this starts back um, 1964 to 1970. Jesus that's a quick time like that's a lifetime like not not even a life but like that's a short time is what i meant i don't know why i said lifetime that man, kind of impressive like like that's like you peaking though like <laughs> like and let's be honest like where has uh, she got i don't know i've gotten way off. The, the main topic is viola davis got an EGOT, and we're excited for her uh, what did what did she get her last she got her grammy <clears throat> for best audiobook narration and storytelling following her tony oh no she got a tony win so what but what, what was the book that she did i don't know i don't see it here in the thing doesn't matter so basically i didn't even know you could get a grammy for doing audiobooks but i guess you can so cool cool on her for that moving on to um the one of the last bit of nifty nerd news that we have here um And I only... I bring this up. I don't know how many people have actually watched this show or any of these two shows that we're going to talk about, but I really like one of these shows, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. So CBS is going to be canceling The Late Late Show with James Corden. James Corden, pretty funny guy. I, I like watching his YouTube stuff like Carpool Karaoke and things like that. I've always found that really funny, but The Late Late Show, not so much. Like, that's not been my thing, but we've heard, uh, there's a, a rumor that they're going to be rebooting uh, Comedy Central's At Midnight to play on CBS in the same time frame, which is like 1230 in the morning, so, you know, where no one wants, <laughs> no, uh, way early in the morning, or late at night, whatever you want to call it, 1230. Now, I loved At Midnight. When it was on Comedy Central, I could not get enough of this show. It was hilarious. I know things with, uh, chris hardwick have been kind of rocky and some allegations put against him and things like that but i gotta be honest man like that show was straight fire uh it was hilarious it was funny it was up to the times it was definitely my type of humor Uh, memes and internet tomfoolery i was a huge fan of that so you should if you don't even know about the show at midnight it's like the at sign what is it what what is that at sign? Is there an actual name for at signs? I don't know the you know the a with a circle around it. Like when you're following like obviously if you're listening to this podcast you know what an at sign is. I'm trying to explain this for your parents <laughs> who are also listening to this. Um, But yeah, so at midnight, check it out on YouTube. I, I'm man, if they don't have a TikTok, I'm gonna be really upset, and I'm not gonna check it right now because I'm recording with you guys, but. It's a fantastic show. I was sad to see it go, but it had a lot to do with the allegations against Chris Hardwick. Hopefully, I don't even remember what happened out of that. Like, I know he stopped hosting, <laughs> like, but I don't know. I don't think it was taken any further than that now that I think about it, and I don't know if it's because it's still in litigation or what's been going on with that. Actually, you know what? We're just going to do a quick little uh, search right now, so... Hold on to your uh, your whatever. Just hang on there. Let's see. Is there any news? Okay, let's talk about the late late show. Late late show. Late late show. Mark Marin. No, don't even care. Look at that man. They don't even talk anything. It's. I guess nothing came out of it. Maybe the person lied, or maybe it was a misunderstanding. Who knows, man? um but i don't see anything about it i remember he was dropped by like uh whatever podcast that he was doing and i used to enjoy listening to it was a thing man it was a whole process but uh if i mean if they're looking for a host no better than this guy but then that might bring up shit again but who knows uh, i enjoyed him as a host and i thought it was a really funny show hopefully they can bring back the band and start all over again who knows But that's it for the nifty nerd news, guys. Before we get into the comic book reviews, I did want to share one bit of nifty information for you guys. I don't know if you ever heard this and why. Uh maybe you've been told this as a child growing up. But I and I always remembered, I thought it was weird when weddings stopped throwing rice. Um, like, you know, like they're coming out, yay, bride and groom, groom and groom, bride and bride, people and people and you throw the rice because like you bathe them in little tiny painful pellets like that was kind of like the thing or whatever and then people stopped doing it and i remember i always was told the reason that you couldn't do that anymore is because birds would eat the raw rice and then they would go drink water and then the rice would expand in their stomachs and then you'd have a bunch of birds just exploding all over the place and that was awful and terrible well as it turns out. That's an urban legend. Birds can actually eat raw rising and eat a lot of it. And they're not going to explode like that. That's not what birds do. Now, Coke and Mentos, different story. But apparently it was like a 1996 urban legend that just spread everywhere. And where I think it truly came from is wedding venues have finally had. were just fed up with all the fucking rice. <laughs> like they were just like, we have had enough. I'm tired of this. I don't want it anymore. So we're going to tell everyone something horrible happens when you throw... Like, you you know, you tell a little kid that. Like, if you don't brush your teeth tonight, your teeth will die. Like, your face will explode. Like, that's the kind of the fun little lies you tell your children. <laughs> if you don't pick up your room, your father will leave. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a little too mean. It hurt. But... Like that's truly where this shit came from. And it's kind of funny, like to think about it. Like, just like one of these little parent lies that just went way too wrong. The whole world believed you, and now you just gotta kinda have to live with this lie that you started. But like, you know, you did it for good reasons. You did it because you didn't want to clean up a lot of shit and things like that. And you know, that it, I mean, come on, really. <laughs> Like, you don't care that, you know, the groomsmen are in the bathroom vomiting their fucking, like, lungs out or their stomachs out, but birdseed. God damn the birdseed. Why is there that? <laughs> and the vomit thing is from my wedding. And it wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the nifty nerd news and info brought to you guys by me, BriFi, your comics guy, because we don't have sponsors. We just have me. I'm the sponsor of the show. I pay for everything. So I'm going to promote myself. <laughs> I ran out of breath there. Sorry, my lungs aren't the same after COVID. But yeah, let's talk about some amazing Spider-Man. If you want to tune out now, I understand. It's fine, but please check me out on all my social media, all my Instagrams and Twitters and Snapchat and YouTube and where else am I? Twitch, oh big thing, Twitch. Everything can be found at Small Town Nerdcast. That's S M A L L Town T O W N nerd, <laughs> think about it, N-E-R-D-C-A-S-T, except for Twitter, Twitter's the only one that is just S-M-Town Nerdcast, because apparently small was too big to fit into Twitter, and I am not paying for that blue check mark. fuck you Elon Musk, anywho, oh yeah, and then twitch.tv slash nerdcast all spelled out, and that's everything, and I forgot to record this episode, like I tried to, I did a live stream last week with the episode this week not so much so there's no guests to comment why i am talking which makes me kind of sad but anywho let's talk about the amazing spider-man nick spencer's run which started in 2018 the stories that we're talking about now take place in 2020 issues of 44 through 49 titled sin right sins rising Very interesting stuff, man. So a vigilante or like a villain from Peter's past has returned. And his name? The Sin Eater. And he's rising because he was dead. And now we have catchy names for the things that are happening. Anywho, he's got a magic shotgun and he's about to, you know, shoot people. Or In in his case, he shoots people and it doesn't really kill them. It unalives their sins or evils but like leaves the per- people okay so now they're good people so yeah kind of like a good thing right except you know it's still shotgun blast to the face neck and chest like wherever you shooting these people and they leave wounds like so it's a horrific experience and then like then they just heal up and they're all better now but still horrifying to do in front of people except when he does do it in front of people they're all cheering like Sin Eater is this great hero who was turning villains back into good guys and like this is awesome but like why is he doing this who's pulling his strings the answer oops, sorry I hit my mic again it's Kindred this guy that we've kind of been revealing this whole time through, like hell maybe even issue one I can't remember how soon he was introduced in this storyline but he's been there I'm in the shadows, working on things. And finally, he's about to uh, bring himself in front of Peter Parker, and Sin Eater is, like, the last step of all this. So, Sin Eater, because of this power and this following, he's now creating, like, an army who all, like, love his, like, less-than-lethal, super violent, shoddy-face shotgun ways. I don't know, man. It's it's pretty crazy. It's basically, like, QAnon alt-right type shit. It's terrifying <laughs> so peter's playing catch up trying to like solve what senator's end game is because he still doesn't really know what's happening he just knows what he's doing um and it turns out that his in game is uh taking down the green goblin which is something peter could never do and which is like one of peter's based on this greatest sins not being able to take care of these villains and let, let them live to do horrible things another day which i mean when you think about it yeah, <laughs> he's got a point, so, like, how mad can you really be, right, but shotguns, <laughs> so, and, like, the people who are following him don't have his same powers, so they're just literally beating up people in the streets, <laughs> and so it gets pretty crazy and pretty terrifying, so, um, uh, and, oh, another thing, when scene Eater shoots these people, he gangs their superpowers, like, he gangs their evil powers, by shooting them so it's like this awesome like giga drain shotgun that gives him enhanced abilities which is terrifying and now he's got super huge abilities after he shot fucking juggernaut in the face and so now he's got the powers of juggernaut and a whole bunch of other super villains and spider-man is running out of time like he cannot stop this dude except he needs the help of one person, and one, there's only one person available that can really help him, and it's someone who we never thought he would ever team up with, ever, because of the horrible things that they've done to each other, and that's the Green Goblin. (gasps) Nani? But, uh, yeah, so Green Goblin, Spider-Man team up to take on Sin Eater, and so now, odds overcome. Goblin is his enemy again, because they defeated Sin Eater, or like, incapacitated sin eater so goblin turns on peter parker because of course he's the green goblin what the fuck is he gonna do man norman osborne awful guy and then spider-man pissed the fuck off like he's pissed off af guys so he fucking throws goblin out like the back of a moving vehicle because he's like man f you uh, goblin gets up turns around turns out sin eater's right behind him and then kablam takes a fucking shotty to the face and that was Kindred's plan all along because now Norman Osborne no longer has the sins and the evils of the Green Goblin. He's just back to being Norman Osborne, which, while great for him, still kind of sucks because guess what? No one has forgotten your past sins and evils that you've done. So everyone still fucking hates you because you're still Norman Osborne and everyone knows Norman Osborne is the Green Goblin. But. That moves us from the the, the uh, sins rising storyline and into the last remain storyline, which I feel this is what we've been getting to. Like this is the pan, like this is the theme. This is the the be all story where Spider Man has to literally take on his inner demon. And so this is some crazy shit, man. So now Norman's gone. The Spidey Six, who is like uh, Miles Morales, Silk ghost spider madam web uh, and then there's another what jessica uh what is her name jessica drew i I can't remember spider woman and then uh peter parker they're all there no there's like another spider man actually spider woman there's like a third one that i can't think of right now and our fourth one anyway anya that's that's her name anya i believe is her name anyway we're gonna call them the spidey six because there's just a whole bunch of them because you know like the sinister six and that's like you know one of spider-man's villain teams and so like i was trying to be funny anywho um so now um new villain pops up and it's demons and the worst kind of demons the body possessing kind of demons and things go horribly so they possess the spidey six pete's gotta have like this knockout drawn out fight with him but like no way he can beat him there's like No way that he can get out of this. There's no way he can go home. Leading into who you're gonna talk to, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I tried to pull that in somehow. Like they, they truly go the no way home route with this. And it goes to Doctor Strange to be like, "Yo, man, I'm fighting demons and the mystics shit. I need your help." But really. I don't really want your help. I just want an item that you have, and I'm going to do it myself because that's my responsibility as Spider Man, and is to just ignore all help and things that would actually make my life easier and just try to do it myself. So, me and Black Cat are going to trick you, and then we're going to run off with the hand of Ashanti to go into my uh, little demon, astral plane infested, or my astral plane demon infested world to try to take care of things. And um, yeah, it's going to go about as well as you think. <laughs> <laughs> so Norman, with his new sin-free, goblin-free conscience, knows Kindred's true identity. And actually, he's known Kindred's true identity. He figured it out. We actually get uh, a tease of it back in Absolute Carnage, which I brought up. And is that he, he uh, believed that Kindred was someone within his family tree. And it's true. It is Harry Osborne is actually Kindred. Which kind of confused me because is he dead and come back to life is he somehow found demon powers and is this all a trick like but no it's real demons so i don't know what harry's been up to but he got demons man so um anyway sorry i got i lost where i was in my notes So it's a race to save both Harry and Pete. Like, Norman's got to, like, figure out a way because it's his son. Like, even though he's a bad person, it's his son. He still really respects and loves Peter because, you know, he's trying to be a good guy. And, like, he knows that he's been evil in the past. So, like, this is his way to make amends. And there's only one person. There's only one redheaded love interest that's up for this job. And that's MJ because it wouldn't be a Spider-Man story unless MJ was involved. Because, you know, girls got to be there. There's got to be someone that might die. Although it's never going to be MJ. But then I guess people thought about that, about Gwen Stacy. (sighs) And we all know how that worked out. And that's actually played up in here, too. Anyway, so Pete's going to take on Kindred with uh, his own astral world. Within his own astral world, Kindred wants Pete to confess to his sins. You know, Harry wants Pete to confess to his sins. But, like... You know, like an angry spouse doesn't really tell him what he did wrong. It's like, you know what you did. You need to apologize for it. You're a horrible person. These are your sins and you're awful. Well, okay, well, tell me what I did and I'll apologize and I'll make it right. You should know. (laughs) God damn it. We're in this place because I don't know. So, like, help me out (laughs) here. Help me to help you. Help me to help you. And so, um, while this is all going on, Dr. Strange and the Spidey Six, uh, Enter the Astral Plane to try to save Peter as well. And MJ is with Team Goblin now, plus uh, Kingpin. So yeah, uh, Norman teams up with Kingpin. MJ doesn't know this, though. And they're going to uh, try to save Harry, or well, try to stop Harry, save him, and save Pete. And also, you know, Spidey 6 is in there. So we got to figure out what to do with it. I guess they're called the Order of the Web is their real team name. But I like the Spidey 6 anyway. Or like the Jackson 5. Spidey 5 why did i say jackson oh because i like the jackson anywho getting way out of there uh, oh and also Sin eater invited himself to the party with morlon morland powers if you don't remember Moreland, he came from the spider-verse storyline and him and his family trying to devour all the spider powers and things like that mostly he's inconsequential like he shows up just to kind of like fuck up shit but then like goes away oh no i remember what happens uh he attacks the spidey six he ends up attacking madam webb and when he like brings in some of her sucks in her powers he's shown who his master truly is the guy who's who's been following this whole time and who uh, kindred truly is and his what his desires are and everything and sin eater is truly destroyed and so upset and just can't believe what he's done for in the name of Harry Osborne, so he f- pretty much offs himself with his own sh- less than lethal shotgun straight to the face. So, yeah, he's not we're not dealing with that anymore. So, that was pretty inconsequential. <laughs> like, no one gets really hurt, M- Madam Webb is fine, cool man. But then all the spiders fall into Harry's trap and Harry and Peter's trap, so everything sucks. But then, of course. MJ shows up to save the day, stall the goblin, um, or no, not the goblin, stall Kindred so that the green goblin can, uh, show up to really, you know, spank that ass, because that's what you do with a bad child, you whoop them. and, uh, then, uh, it ends, and we're like, what the fuck, why does it end, and then you don't find out until, like, the next issue, which is, like, the very last issue, that explains everything, and it's like, oh, so we, uh, captured Kindred with, uh kingpin's slave villain called the spot who has like dark force powers and we trapped harry with, or well he doesn't kingpin doesn't know this is harry kingpin just knows him as Kendred. the only people who know it's harry is mj peter and norman oh and harry's wife knows it's him or maybe she doesn't know it's him she just knows he's up to no good <laughs> i think that's what it is Anywho, he gets trapped with the Dark Force powers, and he's now in this Dark Force box where he can't move. He can speak and be heard, but he's choosing not to speak, I guess, because he, you know, he's a pouty little child, and he's upset that he got caught doing bad things. Uh, of course, Peter Parker is not all convinced that Norman Osborn is free of his sins anymore and is evil, so there's a lot of bad blood there, <laughs> but hey, MJ's fine, the Spidey Six are great, Sin Eater... I'm sure he's going to be fine. Overdrive, who kind of kicked off this whole thing where, that got Peter involved. He wants to date Carly Cooper now, so that's great. Uh, Peter's roommate is dating the Beatle, who's another villain. So, you know, the villains are trying to trying to like be better and have relationships and stuff. Boomerang is somewhere. He wasn't part of this storyline, which made me kind of sad because... And let's face it, like my like I've mentioned before, Nick Nick Spencer has written The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which was one of my favorite uh, books coming out of when I used to read physical comics. And the way he wrote The Sinister Six with Boomerang, Overdrive, Shocker, Beetle, and there was only five of them, Speedster. Yeah, there was only five, but they still call themselves The Sinister Six, which was really funny, by the way. And just the way he wrote that story, wrote these characters, being pretty much complete assholes, but assholes with heart. And I loved every minute of it. You know, I enjoyed overdrive in this. I enjoy, I enjoy the hell out of boomerang. And, um, and, and like his Norman Osborn and the, like, I feel for Norman in this. I, I I don't want to, because I want to agree with Spider-Man because there's a lot of bad blood between these two. There's a lot of things, and it's hard, but it, It appears that Norman is really trying. Norman is really trying to do the right thing now and trying to be better. He accepts that he was a horrible person. He accepts that he still has ties to a lot of horrible people, but he's going to use those ties to help him accomplish something to help his son. He's going to try to save Harry, which I commend him for. I think that's a really good thing and a really heartfelt thing to do as a father you want to do right by your kids and you want to try to help your kids when they have strayed off whatever path you believe they need to be on whether that's good or bad but you know like if if i was a good like i'm not saying i'm a norman or osborne by no sense but if i was like if i saw my son doing something that i thought was very inappropriate or evil or terrible i would do everything in my power to try to help this kid because i want to save him from himself and i think that's what norman osborne wants to do here but it's hard to trust him because he's still norman osborne he still has those same aspirations and while he might not have the goblin serum in well i don't even know if he has the goblin serum in him anymore but he definitely doesn't have the evil impulses currently but that could all change in a heartbeat. Like, we know Norman Osborn. We've known the lies that he's told and done before. So, what does this mean going forward? You can definitely see Peter Parker is strained in this story and trying to deal with the after effects of it. And that's not even the end of the run. There's still more comics coming out, which kind of, like, takes away. Like, Because I felt like this was, like, a great in, like a series end. To this story, man. It, it was not as good as Goblin Nation from Superior Spider Man, which I feel like is one of my favorite endings of any series or like anything like that. But man, this was pretty damn good. Uh, all the things that have been planted, all the little breadcrumbs and the seeds that were planted in the first. 43 issues finally come to like fruition and in a big way. There's a lot of people involved without getting like Marvel main event involved. And it was fantastic. I, I actually enjoyed this a lot. And compared to a lot of the rest of the run, this was definitely a high point for me. And it almost, I won't say it quite does, but it almost makes up for the rest of the run. Like the uh the Craven the Hunter story is pretty good but there's just a lot of build up and filler and things I don't really care too much about other than some side stories but I don't care much about what's happening with Peter and the amazing Spider-Man like there's nothing big for me that's going on in this series as a whole um, until you get to this storyline where in a way Peter has to he definitely has to relive the past sins and losses that he's had hell kindred literally digs up bodies of the people that have died as a result of the things that peter parker believes in you know like they have died because peter parker chooses to do the right thing and villains in his life have punished the people in his life for that you know like goblin killed gwen and things like that and and like oh so like i mean it wasn't like peter parker directly punched a hole in these people or killed them but his actions and his responsibility to save and be a hero has had consequences on people in his circle, people in his life, whether they were innocent bystanders, other heroes, or other villains, like like the Gibbon, he dies in Craven in the Craven the Hunter story in the hunted storyline. And that was someone who wanted to be like Spider-Man when things just went wrong and he chose a life of villainy and then was trying to get out of it and then wanted to team up with Spider-Man again, but chose a different round and ended up dying because of that result. But you know, Spider-Man was still a part of it i guess like i and like i feel like that's kind of what kindred was getting at like hey these people who just kind of grazed by you like butterfly wings in your area you're the reason that they died if they would have never seen you they would have never died i don't know it's some kind of crazy shit overall pretty good story though man i dug the artwork from it really enjoyed it if i had to give it a rating man and like i said my rating system go by like it's either a positive, a neutral, or a negative. And this is definitely a positive charge book, man. Um, just well, just issues uh, 44 through 57. Those, those are definitely a huge positive for me. I think everything else of the series so far has been mostly neutral with some positive points in it, but nothing ever negative. Like, I've never, while reading Nick Spencer's run, I've never just been like, wow, this was a waste of time type thing. It just never felt grand or never felt like we were built i mean like there was like a really slow build to all this but like everything in between never really felt like it was going anywhere much until like you would get these little breadcrumbs that was like hey big story's coming you better stick around because we're gonna throw in more breadcrumbs we're gonna get this big story and then comes like this awesome story about harry osborne coming back um from who knows where. I, like, I I thought he was dead for some reason. I guess he's not. I guess he was trying to live a good life. And then something changed. And he became this weird ma- magic demon powered mummified bug guy. I don't know. It's, it's terrifying actually. It's probably the scariest motherfucker I've ever seen as far as comics go. But that's it for the story guys. That's it for my review. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you uh, got some interest man. So if you got... The marvel unlimited app I and mean, you've been looking for a spider-man story to read check out uh, sin's rising and last remains from nick spencer's 2018 amazing spider-man run you might actually enjoy it i i know i enjoyed uh that and i, I i'm still curious to see what happens because this isn't the end of nick spencer's run so i'm gonna try i'm trying to catch up to the amazing spider-man so i've been reading amazing spider-man i think i'm on issue 60 now and I can't tell you what's going on, like, I, not because it's a secret, but because I don't remember. <laughs> so it's pretty bad. Uh, well, not that the story's bad, but like, it's it's just not capturing me right now. So anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, and hopefully you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye, Br- bye, Br- 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 I- out.